0: listeners hope you are doing well we are most excited to welcome back you to another episode of mental health matters with dr aisha who is an integrative psychologist in the united states
1: since we've got an overwhelming response on our previous three episodes with ma'am we thought of coming back here today once again and engaging in yet another conversation with dr aisha so ma'am welcome to the podcast thank you so much for coming how are you doing
2: I'm doing great, Manveen. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to see you and Aura. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Uh, So, ma'am, in the last episode, we talked about unmasking our feelings. And ever since then, I have tried to be more open and more authentic. I have tried to apply all the things that you suggested and they have worked a wonder.
2: Oh, that's wonderful. I'm happy to hear that.
1: Yes, definitely. Same here, ma'am. I took down all the notes. And I try to apply them in real life as well, Um, you know, but I, I certainly believe that the value of emotion comes from sharing them and not just having them, right? I believe that, although I'd still like to say that despite knowing after the conversation that we had the other time, I know that masking, unmasking my emotions is good and is healthy for me, but somewhere I still tend to hold back and I'm still hesitant to sometimes share everything uh, with another person. So is that normal? Does that happen with other
2: people as well? Absolutely. What a great question. It, it is absolutely normal, Manveen. In fact, I struggle with that myself. You know, I, I, I've I learned all these techniques, I've shared them with you, and, and yet I struggle myself because I feel like If I become too vulnerable or if I share too much, um, I experience sometimes embarrassment or I experience, maybe I said too much. I shouldn't have said that. How will they interpret that? What will they think of me? So all these questions that arise after we share are really normal. I want you to know you're not the only one that goes through that. Most people I work with go through it. I know personally, I go through it as well. So I think the idea is not that we share everything with everyone, but that we create Um, a little bit more of, you know, a circle of trust, people that we can share with, even when it's difficult. I don't think that if we're sharing with people we trust, it's easy, but at least it's more manageable and we start to see that we get support from the people that we share with.
1: Definitely, ma'am. So I think that we need to create basically a safe circle around us, right, of people who we can talk to freely. But you know, ma'am, this reminds me that A lot of time it happens in my school that, you know, somebody told some secret to their friends and then their friends snitched and then the secret is out in the open. So sometimes I feel that maybe the people that I trust, after all, they're not uh, actually a part of my safe circle. So how do I choose those right kind of people to actually open up to?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the way that I've understood it and learned it in my life is this. Um, We must be vulnerable with people who deserve to know our story. And when I say deserve, it doesn't mean that they're deserving because, you know, of a certain characteristic trait or a, a race or a gender. The deserving basically means that they are also vulnerable with us. So that's where trust is formed, right? When someone comes to you and shares something intimate or personal or vulnerable with you, that's when you know this person might be trustworthy. And so we start with small things, right? We They share a little bit about their life with us. We share a little bit about our life with them. And we start to see that it's reciprocal. It's not just you sharing or it's not just them sharing. So a lot of times what we'll do is we will share or people will share with us where there isn't trust established. So I always come back to that. Can I trust this person? Have they shared their, you know, emotional vulnerable pieces with me? And if they haven't, they may not have the capacity to hold my secrets or to be vulnerable themselves. And I usually wait until I get, and it's not always something that they do or say, Sometimes you'll even feel it. Just energetically, you'll feel this person is open. They show compassion. They have empathy. They listen. They are at good at you know being present. Those are some characteristics you'll start to see. And then you'll start to form a little bit of trust and start to share and then see, do they reciprocate? Do they also share their difficult parts of their life? So that might be a good start.
0: That's very interesting, mom. Uh, you mentioned the word story that reminded me of one of the most you know widespread phenomena nowadays is social media and one of the most active platform is instagram in which you share stories but uh that reminded me i have a friend who is personally more active on social media than the most of us like she records and posts everything and everything she feels everything she does on a daily basis like she shares whether if she is sad or happy Or, uh, you know, we recently had an event um, in school and she shared almost like the footage of that was almost shared more by her than we got the footage. So like we could see the function through her stories. So ma'am, um, I was just wondering that, um, th- what do you think about this? Is it this the right way to vent out our emotions? Cause this was a function, but she also shares like when she's sad or she gets low grades in some exams, she also shares that publicly. So what do you think? Is it the right way to go through or should we, you know, I don't know.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I find the same thing when I'm you know, on social media and I start to see some people that are sharing makes me feel closer to them, makes me feel like, oh, this person is going through something I can relate. And then I see some people sharing and it feels uncomfortable for me. I feel like it's the term we call oversharing. And so I want you to think about maybe in your life, you've had an experience, whether it's social media, or whether it's just in person, that someone starts, you know, that oversharing with you. And you'll always know it because it'll feel uncomfortable. Because vulnerability is about bringing people closer. It's saying this might be difficult. This might be challenging for me, but I trust you, and I'm going to share this with you. And the 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 I guess the intention behind it is how can we get closer? How can we be have a bond that's a little bit more deeper? But when we're oversharing, there's not bringing people closer. It's actually pushing people away because oversharing creates a, a sense of discomfort, and the discomfort is because the level of trust that's established is not appropriate for the amount of sharing. So if we have an established trust, we don't know each other and trust each other and really feel that this person, I can understand them deeply. And then they're short, sharing maybe way too personal things. The they, left, they feel like people are not responding to them in a way that they need support. We feel uncomfortable and like this was oversharing. I don't know this person and the amount they shared is inappropriate for what I feel for them or how the trust I have for them. So nobody feels close. Nobody feels connected. They feel left out in the cold. We feel uncomfortable. So I think that's going to be kind of an important thing for us to understand that oversharing creates discomfort and vulnerability creates safety and closeness.
1: Right, ma'am. So what I get from this is that there's a very thin line between the right amount of sharing and when you cross that line towards oversharing. Uh, but, you know, like hearing about aurum's friend, it reminds me of a friend of my own who is just the opposite, like totally the polar opposite, because she mm-hmm. also posts on social media. But everything is sort of untrue, right? Because she would portray herself to be very happy, even on mm-hmm. days when she isn't, right? Uh, so if somebody opens a profile on Instagram, they would think that her life is very perfect and all all of it is you know rainbows and butterflies, but being her friend, I know that it isn't. So is this um also the right way or is this also um sort of not the right way to um vent out our emotions?
2: Yeah, I think there we go again, right? The pendulum swings both ways. We either have this experience of my life is perfect and everything I put out there is, you know, is gonna make people think that I live this perfect life. But here's the thing, there's no such thing as perfection. There is no perfect person, there's no perfect life. So we have this beautiful duality, right? If you think about it, we have the dark, we have the light and in the light, there's dark. In the dark, there's light. And until we embrace both parts of ourselves, Then we won't experience happiness or peace. That's how I experience my life. So I think when someone puts out like this, you know, non duality image of themselves or of their life, then it might just also be this need for validation, this need for acceptance, this need for approval. And again, this person might feel I'm not getting that I'm not receiving this kind of connection that I really want from people. And so there's no bad feelings, there's no bad emotions. I think we do that a lot where we say, if I'm positive, happy, hopeful, optimistic, then I'm good. But if I'm sad, or if I'm angry, if I'm frustrated, if I'm anxious, then I'm bad. And we learn that very early on as children, where our parents will tell us, no, we shouldn't get this, you should always be happy. But that's not reality. So I would definitely encourage anyone that's listening, that that balance, that's what makes us such vulnerable unique beautiful people is that we 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 have both we have the light and we have the dark and whenever we embrace our our shadow side because we all have one then we can teach others to be like it's okay to also show the uh, non-perfect parts of us to also talk about the struggles along with talking about the triumphs and that balance i think is what creates more connection
0: I agree with everything you said, but this reminded me creating a balance. So I would like to further investigate into something like often. I have seen two people sharing everything they do together, uh, like going to some place or going to watch a movie and then sharing it, which further influences some other group of people to do the same. And it creates like a vicious cycle of it just repeating itself with different groups of people. So my question is what should you do if you happen to be a part of one like how do you stop it or like how do you go about it
2: Mm -hmm. yeah great question I think you know we all seek to be authentic and original and yet we continue to do the same things so I, I always come back to this idea that as much as we want to fit in and as much as we want other people to see you know, us in the same light or see us in a positive light, true belonging never happens unless we are original in ourselves. In fact, I read something the other day that I loved. It said, genius is simply you being the best, like the most you that you can be so that's what genius is it's basically saying i know myself i know what i'm good at i know what i'm not good at i know my strengths i know my weaknesses and if i can just embrace myself and be myself um that is what creates real genius so this idea of kind of following the herd mentality or you know this group think of always doing the same thing that other people are doing it actually robs us of our own original and unique Perspectives. So I think that's what I would do. It was like, you know, it's really hard to uh, feel that you fit in, but more than fitting in, belonging and true belonging only happens when you are yourself. Um, does that answer your question? Or is there something other that that's I'm missing?
0: I, yeah, I believe it does. That was the major part. But now <laughs> I would like to switch sides a bit. Let's sure. imagine someone confides in me and shares their feelings with me. Uh, on a social media platform or on a basic communication level? What am I supposed to do then? What behavior is acceptable or expected from me? Or like, what would make me a good listener?
2: Yeah, that's a good question too. So, you know, I had a real problem listening and um, I would hear people, right? I would hear them. I don't Well, maybe I should say it this way. I would listen to people, but I wouldn't really hear them. And what I would do, and I don't know if you struggle with this, but what I would do is I would think in my head what I'm going to say next to them. And I taught for many years, and it was always kind of like this dynamic process of a student would ask a question. I don't know what question they're going to ask, so I'm always anxious. How am I going to answer that question? And the way that I actually solved that problem was stopping thinking about what I'm going to ask next or how I'm going to answer that question, and instead Trust that if I actually listen, if I just get really quiet and really listen with intention, then the answer will come to me and it'll be an authentic answer. It'll be the correct answer, not something that I'm trying to create in my mind. So that's the first thing when active listening is not thinking about how am I going to respond? Or even when someone is talking, we're thinking in our head about, oh, they're saying this. It's it's really about stopping and just being fully present to their question. And the response will come. Now, I know that sometimes people want to confide in us or tell us something, like you said, either in person or social media. And a lot of times we kind of think about, okay, what? how do I really be there for this person? And a lot of times I've sat with people and I've just stayed silent, sometimes just holding the space for them that they don't need an answer, they don't need it to be fixed, they don't need um, my, you know, anything, they just need someone who will listen, someone who will be present, someone who will even say something like, oh, I get that, I'm sorry, Um, sorry, you're going through that, or I hear you, Um, I see you, I hear you. Sometimes it's simple as that, it's just holding space being present and not trying to always fix or have a response. And I think the, the only times that I've felt like I had to give a response to somebody was not because of what they were going through, but it's my own anxiety of, I don't have the right response. I don't know how to support them. I don't know what to say. That's a huge anxiety provoking thing for us. In fact, I think one of my first clients he, in the middle of a session, started to cry. And what I did really quickly was I grabbed the tissue box and gave him tissues. And later on, my supervisor said to me, why did you do that? And I said, oh, he was crying. He was upset. I had to be there. I had to support him. She said, you know, that might have been the only time that he felt emotions and he felt safe to express them. But by you giving him the tissues, you stopped his emotional processing. You stopped him from feeling and feeling safe to express. It must've felt like to him, stop, here's some tissue, stop crying. But guess what? It wasn't his, the, the issue wasn't him, the issue was me. I was too anxious and I didn't know how to support him. So I have learned over the years is I can sit, I can hold a space. I can have compassion and sometimes I don't have to even say anything other than I'm here.
1: Yes, ma'am. So I totally agree with you and I definitely believe that listening is also an art. You have to decide whether you need to offer solutions or you just need to offer your ear for, you know, Mm -hmm. to hear their problems. So yeah, um, thank you so much, ma'am. This conversation was Uh, amazing and we learn so much from you every time we have an interaction with you and whether it was about you know creating a safe circle or you know being vulnerable with people who are vulnerable with you whether you know we talked about the need for validation or to be real to embracing ourselves and even you know how to become a good listener I think this conversation was amazing do you have any closing
2: words for our listeners today Um, I just wanted to share something actually that I learned just recently I've really been using and I wanted to share with you Um, it was this idea of you know when we are open to other people um, and and our hearts are open and we want to listen and we want to be there for them and then this idea of oversharing and people kind of invading our space and making us feel uncomfortable and how do we prevent that and so I learned this meditation that I want to share with you and the way that you do it is you have one hand that's just open. You, you keep one hand like this on your lap, and that hand represents your openness. Your heart is open. You are present and there, and you feel the humanity in each person, and you say, my heart is open for you. I have love and kindness and compassion for you. That's that vulnerable heart being open. And then the other hand, you 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 do this during the meditation, and it's kind of to say, this is a boundary. You know, It's like a stop this is a boundary. You know, I am here and you are there. And a boundary simply means I finish here and you start here. My thoughts are my thoughts and your thoughts are your thoughts. My feelings are not your feelings. And that's a a way for us to remember that I am not going to be swayed by your feelings. I'm not, I don't become your thoughts. I am a separate person and I can be there for you. But I also don't have to become overwhelmed or feel like um, this is too much for me. So when I sit in the morning and I kind of do this open heart, and then this is represents a strong backbone. I'm a, I'm an individual separate from you, but my heart is open. And, and it's that balance between the two. We're always in the balance of staying open and yet creating strong, healthy boundaries where we find our balance. So So it's open heart, strong backbone. So I just wanted to share that and hoping that that might be helpful.
0: Thank you, ma'am. That was very inciting. Uh, with this, we come to the end of this episode. If you, our dear listeners, would like to talk ab- about a certain topic, and if you'd like Dr. Aisha to answer some specific questions, please DM them to us on our official Instagram or LinkedIn pages at the rate and on Global Foundation. We would love to take them up in the upcoming episodes.
1: Thank you, mom, for joining and thanks to all the listeners for listening to our episode and see you soon again. Thank you. Thank you.